Living in retrospect is a bad idea, and sometimes we let our same old stories hold us back from the new adventure God has for us. But here's the truth. God wants to restory us, transforming our tales of tragedy into epics to anticipate. In this podcast, Mary DeMuth interviews people who have lived through God's powerful restory process, where they've discovered healing, joy, and a brand new perspective. So let's shed that old, painful story and find the freedom we've been longing for. The Restory Podcast starts now. The Restory Show, episode 14B. Now, I say 14B because this is a special episode that is celebrating the launch of my 31st crazy book called Worth Living, How God's Wild Love for You Makes You Worthy. And so this is just a special edition of The Restory Show, and it's brought to you today by audible.com, and you can get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash restory. Now they have over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. And today I am welcoming Emily Quisenberry, and she is on the launch team for Worth Living and also is a friend of mine and has already gone through the book, so I thought it would be fun to have a conversation with her. And so let's go ahead and jump on in and listen to Emily's amazing story. Hey everyone, this is Mary, and I am really excited today to have this surprise bonus issue of the Restory Show. And I have a guest, Emily Quisenberry, with me, and she lives in the neighborhood next to me, but we haven't like spent tons of time together except we're becoming better friends. And she is on my launch team. So, Emily, thanks for coming on the Restory Show. Thank you, Mary, so much for having me. Um, it's a privilege and a blessing and an honor. Awesome. Thank you. So Emily has had, she's had a copy of Worth Living, which this is, this episode is going to be about that book. And that releases on May 3rd. By the time this episode comes out, it will already be released. So I thought I would just share a little bit about why I wrote the book and then dialogue with Emily about how it affected her. Cause I don't want to just have like a commercial about a book. <laughs> so <laughs> I wrote uh, Worth Living because it was a problem in my own life and it's still continues to be a problem. And I don't want people to think, oh, well, I don't want them to think two things. Like first, you have to be perfect and worth to write a worth book. (laughs) And two, that you will somehow magically get over this issue. Like I still struggle with it. And so don't be discouraged if you feel like you can't get through this issue. You can, it's just incremental and slow sometimes. So I wrote it because I felt like when I was growing up and the difficulty that I had as a, as a child with the sexual abuse and the abandonment and divorces and death of a parent and all those things that happened to me, I would often look at the ground. I would look at my feet and I would think, why in the world am I taking up this one square foot of earth? And, uh, I, I didn't know why I thought, well, I must be here because people like to abuse other people or neglect them. And I'm just one of those people that gets to have that happen to her. And so that once I became a Christian, it didn't go away and I wish it had, but it didn't. And I mean, there was this sense of, I was loved by God and all of that, but I still like wrestled with whether I was worthy or not. And did Jesus love me? I still wrestle with that. 
And so I decided that I would write a hard book, um, a good book, but a hard book about how can we, what are the hard steps, the easy steps, the different steps that we can take to work on overcoming worthlessness in our lives. And I, I pitched this toward a female audience because I think there's, there are ways in which women uniquely struggle with worth. Um, we can't help it because even when we're like, well, when we're on the internet, when we're at the grocery store, we see pictures of what a worthy woman, according to society, looks like, and we don't measure up. So um, with all that, and Emily's nodding and shaking her head, uh, with all that, Emily, why don't you just say a little bit, like, overall, your impressions of how did the book open your eyes, and, and what did you gain kind of in an overall way? Well, it's interesting, because when I saw your post, you know, on Facebook about being on the launch team, and I read your email, I was like, um, that sounds really cool. You know, I've done a lot of work around my worth and my significance. And um, I've actually been in recovery um, for disordered eating for about nine years. And at 38, I found myself on the floor of my bedroom, completely broken, mm. had bought into the world's lies and Satan's lies about who I was and my own performance and all of that. So I really kind of thought <laughs> that my position <laughs> maybe settled, you know, like, <laughs> great, I'll read it and it'll be awesome. And I'll be able to share it with some other women. And it has so impacted me just very, very deeply. Several of the lies for sure. I'm still wrestling with still struggling with the beauty one is Mm -hmm. hard for Mm -hmm. me. I struggled just like you said, because of what we see in our culture and what is elevated and esteemed is hard when you know, when we're younger and maybe our bodies look a little different, <laughs> our faces look a little different, but at 46, you know, and struggling with my weight and this whole issue, my whole life, that, that part for me was really, really um, necessary to, to remind myself. And I think for me to the idea that Satan is alive and well, and that mm-hmm. his mission for us is death, destruction. Mm-hmm. He is after us. And he uses these lies in our lives to assault us, sometimes very quietly, sometimes loudly, but he never gives up because he knows that those are the weak spots. And so I think to be able to speak this out and to be able to to know that you're not alone, I think for me, many, many, many years, I thought I was alone. I thought I am the only woman that's dealing with these things because we weren't talking about them. And so to have a book like this that can create conversation around some very real issues for us, I think is crucial. And I'm so grateful to you for writing this. I'm so grateful for being on the launch team and meeting the women that I so far have and, and grateful for what God's going to do just here on the cusp of the release of the book, you know, and and knowing that many of us have been attacked that have been on the team because of Satan. Again, the standing, he, he doesn't want this. He wants, he doesn't want this at all. And so we have to, again, continue to be sharing those struggles, sharing the attacks and being being honest and vulnerable and authentic about what's really going on so we can move beyond it, like you said. That's my passion, too. My passion mm. is to help people live that full and satisfying life despite our past pain and the current messiness of our life. Because Jesus did come for that. He tells us that in John 10, 10, that mm-hmm. he came to that full and satisfying life, that abundant life but that Satan came to kill, steal, and destroy. And so this book, to me, is the perfect remedy for that. And like you said, though, it's never, it's not going to end. 
it would be wonderful to think we're going to settle our worth once and for all, and we're not ever going to struggle again. But I think until we meet Jesus, it's going to be a continual growth, but it doesn't have to be something that we're scared of or something that we fight or something that we're fearful of because God meets us in those places and takes us to new things and new places and really allows us to grow into the women that he created us to be. So that was kind of a lot, but um, it really has impacted me. It's all good. I was just reading when you brought up the word joy. I was just reading in John 15, and I forgot that this was in the middle of John 15, where it talks about abide in him. And, you know, if you're apart from the branch, you can't really do much. And in uh, verse 11, it says, I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. And then if you jump over into John 17, you see those some more joy verses. And I think that's God's heart for us is that we would have this deep-seated kind of joy. And even last night, I was experiencing this lack of joy because my husband hugged me from behind. He said, you're beautiful. And I stiffened. And I was like, okay, I'm glad you think I'm beautiful. Thank you. So at least I did that. But then I said, but I don't feel beautiful. And I wish I did. And he, you know, he was just, I could tell he was really frustrated because he's like always telling me I'm beautiful. And I'm like, well, you're biased or I don't feel beautiful. And so there's this joy that is robbed from us when we like, when we get in those places of, well, I'm not really beautiful or I don't feel beautiful. So therefore I'm, I'm not going to have joy in this situation instead of just being able to embrace ourselves and say, you know what? The world standards are whack <laughs> and uh, we don't need to measure ourselves that way anymore. Now that's um, one of the chapters, uh, it's probably the, one of the most practical chapters. And before I, I talk about that one, I want to say that the book is structured really well if you want to lead a group of people through a Bible study because it's 10 chapters and each chapter deals with a lie that we believe about our worth and then the truth from God's word about our worth. So for instance, chapter one is one of the lies is I do not deserve love. And then the truth is I am wildly loved. And so one of those chapters I think that's really practical is the one that is, uh, that says the lie is I am ugly and the truth is I am beautiful. And so Emily, talk a little bit about, and you have already, but just a little bit more about your wrestling with that particular lie. Oh goodness. Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> beginning at a very young age, I was on the playground in third grade and um, a boy said that I was fat. Uh. And the truth is I was already starting to develop and back 36 years ago or 38 years ago, whatever, that was kind of unusual. You know, now in our culture, a lot of girls develop very, very early. And so I was very different from everybody that I went to school with, all the girls. And so he called me that. I was already starting to struggle with acne. I was already starting to develop. And so he called me fat. And those words really stuck into my head that coupled with being in gymnastics and really having a lot of emphasis on my body and my size really created some, just some brokenness in me. And then coupled that with performance and perfectionism, I really started having serious doubts about my worth and my value. And I really do believe, and I don't want to believe, but it's kind of mm-hmm. like what you said about the, the beauty thing, that I am my size. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that is so really hard for me. And so when I'm thin and when I'm in shape and when I'm what the world says is good, then I feel 
good, but I don't really, mm-hmm. you know? Even when you're there, you're like, ah, I still don't feel worthy. Two years ago or three years ago, I got into the best shape I've ever been in. Like my husband had never seen me look like that. I'd never seen me look like that. I was like, holy cow, this is really cool. That lasted for about two seconds. And then I was <laughs> off on, I got to get thinner. I got to, and then I was like, I'm going to compete. I mean, just all this stuff that was just filling my mind rather than being able to be grateful for a healthy body and for not struggling in that moment. Cause I really wasn't struggling with my eating disorder at that time, but I, it had kind of shifted into another place because my worth was so still attached to that and to my size. And so to remember and to know that I think you talk about in that chapter about we empower what we focus on. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so true for us and that when I'm focused on the size of my body, on the way that I look, on, you know, the wrinkles that I'm starting to have and those things, the gray hair and all of that stuff, it makes it that much bigger. And it it keeps me from really living into who God wants me to be and, and to having the impact in this world that he wants us to have. I mean, it's like you you said later in the book, life is so short. And when we get so caught up in that, it it really does rob us. Like you said, of, it robs us of joy, but it also robs us of that, etern- that, that bigger picture of what God really wants to do in the body of Christ and in this world. Because if we can get over this stuff, then we can have an impact, but Satan doesn't want us to do that. So he's going to kind of continue to be really crafty in the way he, you know, he attacks us. But I I just loved how you talked about redefining beautiful and, and, and just this chapter just really meant, you know, a lot to me because it's just been so much what I've identified with for, you know, a long, long time. I hear you. And I think it's a pretty universal truth for women. I think we all identify our our worth based on how we look because that's what the culture says. You are what you look like. That is it. And so anyone that ages, which is 100% of us, <laughs> yes. um, you know, and, and here's the thing, like I think about when I was 20 something and thinking, oh, I need to do this or that to look better. And I was really cute back then and I didn't appreciate it. <laughs> it's like, and you know, when I'm 70 years old, I'm gonna look back on my forties and think I was really cute back then and I didn't appreciate it. And so there's really this, it, it shows to me that there has to be something other than how we look or how we perform to base our worth on. Because you mentioned that even when you got to the best shape of your life, it wasn't enough. There was still something more to do. And I talk a little bit about that on the Achiever chapter about to-do lists, like you are what you make basically or produce. And I've experienced that a lot where I'm the kind of person as an achiever where there's no such thing as the finish of something. So I'll run up a mountain and not literally, although I should do that, but I go run up a mountain, I'll achieve something. And instead of stopping and thinking, oh, that happened, let's have a party. It's like, where's the next mountain? And I run to the next mountain and I never have a chance to really even revel in the fact that something was achieved to celebrate life. And that's part of my own brokenness, I think. But I think a lot of us struggle with that where we can't even enjoy what we've achieved because we're chasing after something that always moves forward. And that's, that's why we have to chase after Jesus because he doesn't change and his love for us is steadfast and, and complete. And if we find our worth in him, then we, ha- we can stop all the running. 
For the listeners of ReStory, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to check out their services. And today, of course, I'm going to have you try Worth Living. It is also an audiobook, and so you can find it at audible.com, and you can download this book or any other book that you're interested in listening to at audibletrial.com forward slash ReStory for your free audiobook. Uh, you nodded your head a lot about the achievement chapter. I know that we're both recovering um, <laughs> perfectionists or to-doists. Yes. <laughs> uh, how has that chapter helped you kind of reframe even what you're doing right now? That's been a big one for me, too. I have been in business for my adult life, kind of entrepreneurial, and have really equated my worth with my performance and my achievement and my rec- the recognition that I would receive for my work. And that's really driven me. And like you said, though, it was never, I never took the time to just celebrate that stuff and to, it always drove me for more and, or it would do the exact opposite because I felt like I couldn't, I would just quit. Right. And a lot of that I think too was around failure. I couldn't even think about failing. And so I would just stop, which really is kind of failing because you just <laughs> don't, you don't keep going, you know, I mean, yeah. that's actually worse than just keeping on going, but it was all part of the process. And it was interesting last September I was in network marketing and I was building this business and God clearly called me out of that clearly. And I'll just tell you, it's been, I've been in a wilderness for the last probably seven or eight months. And it's, it's really been a difficult time with this achiever person and this perfectionistic performance driven because I haven't really known where to perform and where to look for that stuff. And so God has really been showing me. It was interesting that you mentioned John 15. And I spent a lot of time last fall studying, experiencing God and just learning how to abide. And what does that look like in my life for the day? Not having to you know, live in the future. And I still find myself doing that because I, I'm, an, I'm an achiever and I'm a performer and I want to do well. And the thought of not doing well, you know, is still something that I wrestle with because when I, because I have for years attached my worth to that, to my mm-hmm. performance. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm learning <laughs> to re- release that and to surrender that, I even found myself yesterday doing it. I started living because I was just sharing with you about the busyness of life right now. And I found myself living in the days and weeks and months to come. And I was like, no, Lord, I'm living today. Help me to abide today. Help me lay this down and surrender and knowing that there is going to be enough time to get this done. And that's the other one I loved, which I was just reading about was the scarcity uh, mindset. And I have struggled with that. I'm I'm a pretty much cup half full girl. I see things that way, but I still struggle with, is there going to be enough money, enough time? Am I going to be able to manufacture the performance and all those necessary things to keep all those plates spinning so that I feel good about me? When I can remove all of that and really see that I am loved and worthy because just because God created me and that he thinks I'm amazing and awesome. And that, I mean, in scripture, it tells us we're holy and blameless. I love Ephesians one and I love taking that out and making it personal and and making it about, you know, that God sees me as holy and blameless. And because it makes all the difference when I can replace those thoughts that have driven me for so many years with that are always wavering and never, like you said, able to get to that place where we can enjoy it and replacing it with God's truth that is steadfast and that never changes. It actually can make us so much more comfortable in our own skin 
because we recognize that our worth, our value, our significance, our past, our current messiness, all of that is is valuable in his eyes. He loves all of it. And I love how you talk about in the book that he's seen us from inception until the day that we take our last breath. And that to him, our story is beautiful. And it is. Um, but we we have to be the ones to believe that. And I think that's where obviously the challenge comes in. I think that's super true. And I was, as you were talking about abiding, I, I think, you know, we could, we could stress out about the fact that we didn't abide yesterday, <laughs> Or we could not be in the moment and not abide today. And there's no such thing as future abiding. Like you could never get there. So like you can't assign, well, I'll abide tomorrow because you don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. And so abiding can only be in this moment right now that we're having. It cannot be, we can't, you know, gripe about it in our past and we can't like project it into the future because we don't know. And the best thing that we could do to create an abiding heart is to abide today and create the practices of abiding so that in the future we will naturally abide. And that's really, you know, what this book is about. It's about creating healthy habits and these habits of believing the truth and, and choosing to take every thought captive you know, as we, we go, one thing I think that helps me understand worth, and it, it doesn't mean that people who are single can't understand this, but, or even that are married and don't have children, but as a mom, it does help me understand how much God loves me, especially when my kids do dumb things. I still <laughs> love them. There's nothing, I mean, they could flip me off or they could yell at me. I'm still going to love them. And nothing is going to change that love. And they could run away from me. I'm still going to love them. And as much as it depends on me, I will still pursue their hearts. And so if that is true about me, and I'm so you know broken anyway, if I feel that way about my children, then God must feel that way about us. And he's the one that actually created us. He fashioned us in our mom's wombs. And, and so if he created us, he, he made good things. He makes beautiful things. And so that has been really helpful to me. What would you say is nearing the end of the book? What would you say would be the greatest benefit to someone who's going to read the book or just pick it up for the first time? I think that for so many of us, we don't, we don't even really recognize what it is that's going on inside of us. We just know that there's struggle, that there's defeat that there's um, feelings of worthlessness, that there's anxiety, depression, isolation, all of these things that we experience. And I don't think that we know what's driving them. And I think that what Worth Living is going to do is it's going to help people to begin to open up into those places within them that maybe they've never ever done, or maybe they have, maybe they're like me and they've already done work around that, but there's a new level that God wants to take them to. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that this book is so practical. That's what I love. It's like mm-hmm. you said, that it's structured and, and just how God had you lay that out with the lie and then the truth and then what we can do to, facilitate that in our life. I'm a very strategic action oriented person and that can be a good thing, but it can also be something that, you know, I tend to kind of make my own plan and run ahead. 
but I love the fact that this is all based on God's word and God's perception and well, not who God says we are and not our own perception of who we think we are. And so I think for women and, and my passion and heart, not that my passion, kind of like you said, not about single or not kids or whatever. My passion really is for that late thirties to like the early fifties woman, just because that's where I have been living obviously. <laughs> yes. I'm still living. Yes. And so I, and I know where I am and what I'm struggling with. And, and as I have been sharing this book within my own network, I've gotten such incredible feedback from women that Emily, this is amazing. This is exactly what I needed to hear, or I've never thought of it that way, or I am struggling or I don't think you know how many women need this message. Just things, just message after message I'm getting from people that I know this is necessary and needed. And I know that that God birthed this through you and that he has a plan for it. And we're praying for, obviously, it to get into the hands of many, many women and that it's going to change their lives. But we're going to trust, too, that mm-hmm. he, he knows and he's going to, He's going to do what needs to be done with this book. And that's my belief, too. And as you're talking about that particular demographic, I was thinking about, you know, a friend of mine whose children are going to be leaving the nest and her whole life for a very long period of time was built solely on being a mom. And lovely. What a great sacrifice and what an amazing thing to give your life for your kids. Not saying that that's bad at all, but there becomes, there comes a time when there can be a huge identity crisis when your children leave the nest. And so there will be people that are going through kind of ruptures at particular times in their lives. You know, for me, it was getting married was a rupture. I just, I didn't, you know, there was a lot of insecurity that came in with that. And, and then having children and feeling like I could never be a good enough mom because I just didn't have the example that, you know, others had. And, and so there's these kind of phases of our lives in early twenties, early thirties, early forties, early fifties, that they just kind of start happening. And this worth issue swirls around and keeps coming back. And the truth is we cannot base our lives based on other people, whether, you know, we can't control uh, our husband's behavior. Even we can't control our children's behavior. We can't control our best friend's behavior. And sometimes we have friend breakups, which are excruciating. We even had that on the launch team this week of two people that had friend breakups and those are terrible. And if our worth is based on somebody else, we're going to be really sad a lot of times. True. So that's why I think this book is needed. And I think too, another thing that real change doesn't happen from like seven steps to a happy you. It doesn't happen on the surface like that. And real change comes from the inside out. And so that's why my heart in this book is to have scripture based on how God feels about us and and really kind of the harder questions because we're not, if you skate along the surface, you're not going to change. You could, you could superficially change for a period of time, but eventually you're going to come back out again. And what we're really after in the Christian life is a heart change where God radically transforms you so that you're not an actress in your own play, but you're actually just you living out your life with the power of the Holy Spirit within you. And so that has been, you know, kind of part of how I see it. For the listeners, I wanted to let you know about a special offer that's being offered right now until May 20th. 
Emily just reminded me of this when she was talking about in the beginning about spiritual warfare. So if you buy Worth Living, no matter if it's paperback or ebook or even audiobook, it is on audio as well. If you will send the receipt to worthbook at marydemuth.com, I will send you my book, uh, Beautiful Battle, A Women's Guide to Spiritual Warfare for free as an ebook. And that's a full length book. That's several hundred pages of how you can find victory in your life. And so it's kind of, they're really good combination of books to have together and both would make great studies if you're uh, leading a women's you know group or whatever so again that's if you buy the worth living book then just send the receipt to worthbook at marydemuth.com and you will get two for the price of one which is kind of fun what a deal yeah it is a good deal emily any parting words that you would encourage people listening to this podcast today um, what's a word of encouragement just to send them out with I would encourage you, my, my lady friends, my women mm-hmm. friends to, or my, or men that are mm-hmm. listening to this and you have women in your life. This book really can begin that change, that heart change that Mary was talking about. Because the truth is, and the way I see this is that, yes, our heart changes and God changes us, but we also, our, our mind has mm-hmm. to align. Those have to align in order for there to be real lasting change that actually moves us forward into where God wants us and and to have the impact that he wants us to have. And so I I would encourage women to to pick this book up and not just to read it, but to gather a group of women with you. I'm I'm actually hosting a, a book study that will be done online that is that's the whole purpose is so that we can read and that we can dialogue this together and share maybe some things that have we've never spoken out loud you know that there's such fear around i think sometimes being that honest and that vulnerable because right you were just talking about it a minute ago about relationships and people and you know we're scared about what they might think of us or what heaven forbid if they used it against us and so we have to have real safety to be able to do that and so i just think that reading it's wonderful. Don't get me wrong, but I think the the power of reading it and really talking through it, because you talk about that in one of your chapters, that we need to have conversations about this very topic. We need to take the taboo away from it, that we have to have it all together. We don't have, none of us have it all together. And we, we the masks that we wear are, are for protection is what we've thought. The walls we've erected have been for protection from things that have happened in our life, but that's where Jesus wants to pull those down. He wants to pull that mask away. He wants to pull the the walls down and allow us to heal those broken places within us and be able to step into the future that he has for us. And, And I don't know what that looks like for any of us. You know, we're all called to different things. And that's what I love you talking there about kind of about our calling and, and where our, the world's need meets our deep passion. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say it all right, Mary, but, (laughs) um, but it's true, you know, and I think that's what this book helps us do. It helps us to solidify our worth. It helps us to understand our significance, to bring satisfaction and joy so that we can really live more fully into who God has created us to be as individuals. And that's my heart for women is that they will embrace that and that they will step into that and that they will build a community of authentic women around them to be able to navigate this and and to really make it part of who they are 
and written and to, and to replace all that faulty thinking with the truth. Exactly. And I, I just so affirm that. And do you have a URL for that study? Or I can also stick it in the show notes. It's emilyquisenberry.com forward slash book study. Okay, perfect. Okay, so emilyquisenberry.com forward slash book study. Really good stuff. Thank you for interacting with the book on such a deep level. I, I think too, what you're getting at, I, th- I think God's heart is that we would change the world. And if we are constantly looking at ourselves and our sadness and the things where we come up short, it's going to prevent us from radically altering our worlds that we live in. And every one of us has a different sphere. I can't reach Emily's tribe and she can't reach mine. And so we all have to do our part. But if we're concentrating on ourselves all the time in the sense of a a defeatist kind of sadness, we're going to miss the great things that God wants to do in this world. Oh, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, and I've lived there. Yeah, I've lived in that sadness and that defeatist and that depression and despair. And, you know, sometimes, and you say that in the book, that comes before the healing, that comes mm-hmm. before the joy, that comes, and we have to sometimes go through those valleys and those d- difficulties to get out to the other side. It's just that we don't want to get stuck there. Right. And that when we find we're stuck there, that's when we need to really be brave. Mm-hmm. And it's not about our bravery. And I've really thought a lot about this that God tells us when we are believers and we have the Holy Spirit within us, it's not about our bravery. It's Him. Mm-hmm. He's brave. We just have to allow Him to, to move through us in that. And it's, it is scary. It can be scary. But the, the change in us is worth the fear of stepping out. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just hard to see it. And that's where you have to have other sisters around you mm-hmm. that are in different places because some of us are going to be a little bit further. Some of us are going to be, you know, a little bit behind or wherever, but wherever we are is perfect for us. We just, we have to, to be brave and to step out and to trust that God is going to work in and through us for our good, for his glory and for the impact of the world, like you said. And that's what I love about the story of Joseph and how his brothers meant to harm him and they meant that for evil, but that God intended it for good, not just for Joseph and not just for his brothers, but for a generation, generations of And that's where we get into this tiny mindset of how can my life make a difference or make an impact? Um, I'm not going to go get up on a stage like so-and-so. And and I know you allude to that in the book, or I'm not going to do this, or I'm not going to, no, none of us, God has a certain, he has certain things he wants us to do with the gifts that we have and the passions that we have. And, and some people that's going to be more out there and it's going to be more public. And for other people, it's going to be more private and there's nothing right or wrong about any of it. It's about really allowing him to work in and through us. Yes, I couldn't say it better. That's so true. And so anyway, just thank you, Emily, for taking time out of your day to talk to me about this book. And uh, if people, if you want to learn a little bit more about the book, you can go to marydemuth.com forward slash worth living, and that will get you a free chapter. If you'd like to kind of taste it and get a taste test of worth living, you can go there. And again, send an email to worthbook at marydemuth.com. Yes. Uh, (laughs) And I will send you a free ebook as well on spiritual warfare. So Emily, thank you so much for coming on the Restory Show today. Thank you so much, Mary, for the opportunity. And I just am praying just for you, for your family, and for this book that God will just use it um, for His glory. Mm, Amen. Thank you. 
Thanks for listening to The Restory Show. Before I pray for you, I just wanted to remind you of a couple of the URLs. marydemuth.com forward slash worth living will get you a free chapter to the book. If you want to just kind of do a, t- a little trial or a taste test of the book, you can do that there. And then if you would like to get a free book, Beautiful Battles, Spiritual um, Warfare book, then you would purchase Worth Living between now and May 20th and then send an email with your receipt to worthbook at marydemuth.com and I will send you the free ebook, Beautiful Battle, Spiritual Warfare for Women. So those are the two things that you need to know. And I also would just add, um, before I pray for you, that you would be willing to pray for this book, that it would get into the hands of the folks who need it. I would really appreciate your prayers. That means more to me than downloading the book. It means more to me than numbers, because numbers don't really matter as much as just the fact that they would get in the exact right hands of the folks that really need it. So if you could pray for me and pray for Worth Living, that would be awesome. All right, let me pray for you. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you that our worth is not based on how we look. It's not based on what we do. It's not based on performance or position or fame or glory or any of those things. Um, Our worth is simply based in the fact that you've created us and you love us. Help us to hear from you today and just hear your quiet voice speaking and singing love over us. For those who are struggling, Lord, I pray that in the next couple weeks, you would just show up in small and big ways to prove and reveal your love for them. This can be a crazy life full of brokenness and brokenheartedness, and I I just pray for, for light and hope. For those who have had a friendship breakup recently, Oh, Lord, those are so hard. (laughs) Would you comfort those who grieve the loss of a friend, an argument, a pain, something that's gone on between a friend that is not repairable or doesn't seem to be that way? I just pray you'd help us all to do the good work of forgiveness and letting go of bitterness and praying for those who have hurt us. And for those who have other difficult relationships today, I praise you that their worth is not based on whether that relationship goes well or poorly because you love us no matter where we find ourselves. Thank you that you went to the cross and that that is the greatest proof of our worth because you dignified us enough to die for our sins. We just thank you for that sacrifice so much. I don't know how to thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you'd like to know a little bit more about today's show with the links and um, also, if you want to join Emily on her book study, the link for that will be in there. It's emilyquisenberry.com forward slash book study. Um, but you can find all that information at marydemuth.com forward slash restory 14B as in boy, 14B. And may you live a brand new story this week.